Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with the operatic soprano Lily Arbiser and pianist Thomas Sauer about their upcoming event, Poem to Song, which will be held this Saturday, March 19th. Welcome, Lily and Tom. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, this is an ambitious program organized by Chamber Music Quad Cities, and it features many talented local composers and poets. So, Tom, what will happen on Saturday? Well... The audience will hear a total of seven poets reading. It's a little little confusing here with the numbers. Uh, Seven poets reading a total of ten poems. And we have nine composers that have written songs. So you'll hear a poem recited and then the same words sung by Lily and accompanied by me uh, that is made into a song. And that will happen uh, 10 different times mm-hmm. on your, on the chamber music quad cities website. Uh, they described that it's an exploration of the alchemy between words and music. And I loved that word alchemy because they really are interwoven together. It sounds like in a, in a very unusual way. Well, art song, it simply does that. Uh, it takes a poem and, essentially turns it into something else. You know, when a, when a poem is, is recited, and this was one thing that I think everyone in the audience will, will understand at some uh, visceral level, the, the spoken word and the sung word are just two different things. But the poem absolutely influences the kind of music that is written. So every composer responded to his or her, to, to the poem that he or she chose, in you know in a in a way that only that composer would do and the results are 100% unique mm-hmm. how did this project come about well i to tell you the truth i i sort of cribbed the idea i participated in a very similar uh program several years ago in new york city where i live um where it was it was at one of the sort of midtown arts clubs and there there are a number of poets and composers that are members of this one club and uh, I was called to just to play a couple of songs on this program and I just thought it was so interesting because there was a tremendous range of of poetry and also tremendous range of musical styles in the songs that were written and I enjoyed the program just way more than I than I expected to going in. Not that I was in any way dreading it, but I just thought, okay, this is another gig, and it turned out to be very stimulating. And so I thought we should do this at at Chamber Music Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. Well, the artistic collaboration it sounds like is quite extraordinary, and I recognize some of the names of the poets. As you mentioned, there are seven, and they have all worked with the Midwest Writing Center in the past. Are, do, you, do you know, are the poems centered around certain themes or did each poet have the ability to create a, a poem specific, uh, just of their own design? No, they're not. Uh, what, what happened, our process was that Chamberlain's Quad Cities solicited poetry. We, we sent out a, a general no- notice through the Midwest Writing, writing Workshop and we had submissions from 
I think, 12 or 13 poets. And uh, this was back in January of 2020. And then I began the process once, once it was clear that we could have a season, this season, a concert season, uh, with the pandemic being what it is, uh, I started sharing these poems with, you know, one by one uh, with composers. And uh, the composer would choose a poem for which he or she felt an affinity. And that's how the that's how the poets and the poems were selected. So it was not a contest. I tried to make that very clear to the to the poets. It was just they submitted their work, and if if a composer saw something that that he or she thought they could make something of, that poem was chosen. So that mm-hmm. that was the process. Mm-hmm. Some of the composers, and you had mentioned there are nine of them. Some of their names are very familiar. Jacob Banks, of course, teaches at Augustana College. Brian Baxter's with the Quad City Symphony Orchestra and William Campbell or Bill Campbell is from St. Ambrose University. Did uh, did the composed, and, and there are many others, I should say, do the composed songs vary by musical style or are they all in the classical tradition? Well, I, they're, they're all in the art song tradition, but there's a very wide range of, of musical styles and, and just treatments of the voice. I mean, Lily can speak to that. Uh, and that's what one of the things that makes it interesting makes a program like this interesting is it's a kind of a kaleidoscope uh, or or a a cross-section of music today you might say Mm -hmm. so lily was that was that a challenge for you then working um with with many different composers and with different styles Absolutely. It's definitely been a challenge. I would say I've probably done many, many, many fewer world premieres than Tom. Um, I've done I've done really only one world premiere by contemporary composer and then had sung some contemporary American art song that hadn't focused my career there. So receiving 10 songs written in wildly different styles with with lots of challenging rhythms and meters and um, pitch choices, all of that together was absolutely a a great intellectual and artistic challenge. And it's one that has definitely pushed me and that I've been very grateful for. Uh, So so what yeah, so what I can say is that it was absolutely a challenge, but it was a welcome one. Mm -hmm. Is it difficult for you to perform something that's completely new, something that hasn't been interpreted by another vocalist before? Actually, sometimes it can be rather freeing. I think I think that given the history of recorded sound and the ability to kind of go back and listen to many, many fabulous artists over time recording uh, pieces that come from the traditional canon, that can sometimes be a crutch that limits your creativity as an artist if you spend too much time listening to other interpretations. So actually, in a way, this was a great opportunity for me to push myself given that I couldn't go back and listen to anything, didn't even have recordings of the piano parts to really create the music from each note every day, thinking about the text and what the composer might have have intended in their interpretation of the text. And so it is kind of artistically freeing and and sort of um, nourishing as well. Hmm. Well, I couldn't help but notice that the two of you have some interesting life parallels. You're, you're both native quads, quad citizens. You both are from Davenport originally, but now we're both living in New York City. Yeah, That's and, true. <laughs> and besides that, uh, we both went to the same school to do a Master of Music mm-hmm. degree, although I, I preceded Lily by about uh, 20 years. <laughs> and then we were both there at the same time, although we didn't know about each other, right? Because you were already a professor there. Yeah, well, I've been teaching there for a long time. so. And that's the Manus College of Music. Yes, exactly. Manus College is of Music. Is that yep. within the new school? Yes, it is. It's a, it's a 
sort of a division. Well, it's now <laughs> officially it's part of the College of Performing Arts oh. at the New School. Lily, you received your master's in music there after you did your undergraduate degree at Princeton. And and Tom, you've been a piano faculty there. And I noticed you're on the faculty at Vassar as well. Yes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. both of you earlier did did your time some studying at Central High School right here in the Quad Cities. And and I just think it's it's really uh, fun that, that you've had those parallels, but here you are working together now. Is this the first time you'll be performing together? Yes, this is absolutely the first time. Uh, and it's a big honor for me, I'll add. <laughs> it's great I to get to meet It's an honor listening. for both of us. And we've had a great time. We've been actually rehearsing. Uh, we started in January, so we, we've, which, you know, is for a project like this is necessary, but it's also a relatively speaking, a long rehearsal period in today's uh-huh. world. That's absolutely true. And actually, Carolyn, if you don't mind, I'll add that given our, our um, common background, I think we also went to Sudlow Middle School, uh, both of us, <laughs> which is kind of great. And something I just wanted to add about that is that both both Tom and I have talked just briefly about how great the, the public school education was in music and the arts for, for both of us and our growing up experience in, mm-hmm. in Davenport. Well, it's so curious. And, you know, I'm just going to even throw in one more life parallel. Uh, and, uh, Davenport Central, starting earlier, I guess, at, at Sudlow, really must have had such a positive impact on you. Because Lily, your sister, Ariel, is also a vocalist. And I spoke with her earlier about her solo album, Risk of Love. She's quite accomplished. And then, and then of course, Tom, your brother Gregory is a well-known cellist. Yes. Uh, although I must say the Arbiters and my brother, did more time at Central than I did. I, <laughs> That's true. I, but when I was uh, a student at Central, it was only 10 through 12, uh, grades 10 through 12. And after 10th grade, I I decamped and I went to the Curtis Institute in Philadelphia. So I actually only did one uh, year at Central. That's okay. Which is why the Sudlow connection is so important. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize, Tom, that the Curtis Institute of Music was available to high school students. I thought it was college level or above. Yeah. When I was there, I think uh, my last year, I think they admitted a student who was 11 or something like that. And also when I, my, my final year was the first year that the great American pianist Gary Groffman took uh, b- became president of the school. And Mr. Groffman entered Curtis back in the 19... 19- uh, 40s, I think, when he was seven years old. So the school does have a history of taking uh, taking youngsters. You know, I'm I'm interested in the concept of the of the artist as a as a larger citizen. So as the citizen artist, the Manus College of Music, Tom, where you're where you're teaching, where your professor, music professor, said that they're dedicated to developing citizen artists who engage their communities and the world through music. And I, I love that term. And, you know, it, it is often the case that the best musicians and artists are those who reach beyond the aspect of performance and they make the community a better place to live. So do you, do the two of you feel the weight of that or is there an obligation to, to do that in some way? Well, I, I definitely feel that. I mean, my brother and I, um, we started Chamber Music Quad Cities quite some years ago. Uh, officially, we incorporated, I believe, in 1994. But it, it grew out of a, just many years of, of giving concerts there. We would come back from our uh, from our college life and, and do a concert, usually at Christmas and then sometimes in the summer. And and uh, at this point, you know, we're, we're our parents no longer no longer live there. Um, and it's it's just it's a labor of love. I mean, we, Greg and I both do it on a volunteer basis. We don't 
take any payment for our for our either our administrative or our musical work and it's it's absolutely just something we want to keep going for the sake of people who who like to listen to music <laughs> mm-hmm. and lily i know you do ben- many benefit concerts as well yeah i mean i i think you had said the the weight of that responsibility but i i kind of see it as really a blessing and an opportunity i mean for me being a singer has more and more become about having a way of engaging the community, about a way of giving back to community, whether that be on the sort of micro level, like I give salon concerts in my own home, in my own home in Jackson Heights, and I invite people from the neighborhood, or whether it be like specifically for benefit reasons, like the flood relief concert that I was uh, lucky to give with Marion Lee in 2019 at uh, in, in Bettendorf, or I've, I've begun also supporting native plant and pollinator oriented organizations to kind of spread the word about the need for more native planting to support our pollinator and bird populations. And, you know, I, I kind of look at my music as like my, my opportunity to, to give back and to make an impact there. And I more and more find that that's where I find my real voice and artistry is in the context, not just of traditional performing, but also of really speaking up about matters that matter to me and letting those organizations that I connect with use my skill set. Mm-hmm. You'd mentioned Marion Lee, and that is how the two of you became connected, I, I think. Isn't that, is that correct? That's right. I, I'm friendly with Marion, and I, I try to see her, you know, most, most of the times that I that I'm in town for a concert and uh, she told me about Lily and I, I, Lily's father examined my eyes once. That's, I mean, that's how I, I, so I was like, Oh yeah, right. I remember that. (laughs) And I should, I should interject. He is an ophthalmologist, Dr. Arbiser. Actually both of your parents are Lily. Yeah. Yeah. So so um, I forgot that connection. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Many layers in terms of how we know each other. So, Tom, there was a separate Chamber Music Quad City concert that was originally scheduled in January, and it was canceled, I believe, because of the weather. I'm happy to hear it's been rescheduled this Sunday, June 5th, because it's a tribute performance to your mother, Connie Sauer Adams, who passed away last year, and I'm sure that will be an emotional event for you. What program do you have planned for that performance? Well, it's a good question. Uh, in January, we were planning, my brother and I were planning to play uh, three different pieces with our wives. Uh, both of our wives are musicians. Uh, my wife is unable to make the June 5th date. She's a music, uh, she travels a lot herself in, in her musical life. And uh, so we're still a little bit up in the air as to what we're going to do. I will probably perform uh, the Chopin B minor piano sonata, which was a favorite of my mother's. And uh, we have a we have a piece actually that one of our volunteers is a huge fan of. So we're probably going to perform that. Although I don't want to announce that. Uh, okay, that will be a, a surprise. And uh, but it, it'll be a it it'll be a sort of a more traditional classical music concert than than the event on March nineteenth. And hopefully. There will be some people that will be delighted to uh, attend both. Mm. Well, I never had a chance to meet your mother, but it sounds as if music and friendship and empathy and helping others was really an essential part of her life. Definitely. And she actually was was part of the, the founding of WVIK. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was in the initial planning process. Uh, quite a woman. Well, 
Lily Arbister and Tom Sauer, thank you for your work in bringing this truly original performance to the Quad Cities. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for your time. Don't miss the chance to hear a poem to song presented by Chamber Music Quad Cities this Saturday, March 19th at the Asbury Methodist Church in Bettendorf. Poems will be read by a series of local poets, after which their composed songs written by local composers will be performed by soprano Lily Arbiser, accompanied by pianist Thomas Sauer. The concert begins at 7.30 p.m. and tickets can be purchased online at chambermusicqc.org or at the door starting one hour before the concert. People are asked to please wear a mask at the performance. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. Thank you.